Absolutely delicious, dear. Oh, that sounds marvellous. Is, is that the door, dear? Oh. I think that might have been someone at the door. Do you want me to go get it for you? Oh, if you wouldn't mind, that would be lovely. Oh, indeed. Um, um, there's someone, someone at the door for you, dear. Yes, there, yes. Um, there, there, there is, I don't know who they are, so I suppose that makes them a stranger. Oh, is it a stranger? How very queer. Oh, indeed. They, they, they were very polite when they opened the door. I, I suppose oh, that that's... at least makes them a, a, a queer and pleasant stranger. Greetings, strangers queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magna. And part of me quietly hopes that Jane has left in the version of her singing the jingle this week, which happened immediately before we started. Oh, now I kind of have to, and I wish I'd done it better. <laughs> than the, I wish I'd done it better than the version I did there. You can always redo it in post, or just edit around me entirely. No, that would be rude. <laughs> There you go. I'll edit that version in. <laughs> How are you doing this, this week? <laughs> How are you uh, doing this week, Jane? Um, existential crisis suddenly. <sighs> existential crisis, dear. An existential crisis, dear. Oh, what's what got you into an existential crisis this week? The concept of editing around myself and back into myself. Oh, no. Uh, but yeah, how, how has your week been? <laughs> um, I don't really remember. It's, it's been a weird old week, hasn't it? It's been a very weird week. I've been a been a bit fragile generally. Uh, yeah, same. We we both emotion. we both had a lovely weekend, and then we just had a fragile couple of days. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the two are connected. <laughs> I wonder indeed if the two are connected. Um, emotional crash from all the niceness. Ah, yes. But it, it's been a weird old week. But we we've gotten Ooh. through a surprising amount of of media and things this week. Well, we did have, you know, two days of just sitting around going, we let did... us absorb delicious media. Om, nom, nom. We did spend pretty much two whole days in bed just being like, what what can we watch and listen to and play? And, and just not fall really... asleep too. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of falling asleep unexpectedly to things, but I think we got the gist of all the media we consumed. Yeah. I, so, well, <laughs> I completely to... forgot one of them. <laughs> yeah, that we'll, we'll get that. I... <laughs> what 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 do you want to start with this week? Listened, played, or watched? Uh, as it, as it is the the most massive and chunky and delicious, I suggest <gasps> we start with listen. Oh well, tell me something you've listened to this week. Listened to so much. I mean, it didn't help that we went out and listened to eight hours of music. <laughs> we did listen to a lot of music, and at least one piece of music we listened to during that night mm. will be making it to the show. Hooray! Well, do you want to start then? I'll start there. So we we went we went out, we went out at the weekend and we saw some some live music being played, and one of the bits of live music we saw was a band called Counting Coins. Mm. 
so they describe themselves as ska punk folk hip hop and they're very sort of like they've got this weirdly bouncy back and forth rhythm to the way they do music everything is slightly offbeat the way you would expect like a little bit of ska where it's just like very bounce 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 mm. with a lot of like heavy guitars and a good very brass section yeah very good brass section and then on top of that is like very rhythmic almost spoken lyrics yeah it's, it's an interesting combination of things that like it sounds on paper like it's too many things but it works it it is a good sort of style of music to have a sort of rhythmic dance kind of bounce to it's very energetic yeah they've got a very similar sound to gentlemen's dub club um, I've never heard of them. That That's but, another band I'm going to have to put on my list. They've played the same event. Um, I ah. recommend um, High Grade. If, if what was you, that? Gentleman's if, Dub Club, did you gentleman's say? Gentleman's Dub Club, High Grade. Well, that's going on my list now. Um, gentleman's... If you, if you like their version, uh, Reaps 1 does a fantastic beatbox version. Haha. <laughs> So yeah, that 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 was sort of like one of the genres of music we 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 mm-hmm. listened to a bit of on our on our night out was yeah. just sort of very bouncy brass, but also electric guitars and also some sort of rap vocals music. Yeah, very sort of rap style flow with a, a very um, bouncy, um, very it, bouncy uh, sort of ska vibe to the actual music itself. Both both of these bands had quite a lot of people on stage at any one time. Like they were a lot of different instruments sort of interwoven together. Like mm-hmm. these were these were not two or three person outfits. Like I think one of the bands we saw that night had like eight people on stage playing instruments yeah. at one point. The sort of average was about five five to eight for most of the bands there that night. Yeah, which is which is always interesting because like. It's it's so easy when you see see bands that usually you fall into the here is guitar and bass and drums and vocal and we're done. It's mm. sometimes nice to be like, no, there's a whole variety of different things going on in this music, which can be really nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, well, another another one. In fact, the first hour that we spent, we uh, had a, a good swing to the sounds of DJ John Bongley. Oh yeah, they put on a fantastic set of just. Yeah. Just some swing music. Like mm-hmm. th- there was one track in particular I remembered that was like some kind of cover of the Pink Panther theme that yeah. was a lot of fun to just have a have a dance to. We we had lots of silly fun dancing to uh, sort of electro swing. The room was just the two the two of us just the two of us alone in a room, so we just had a lot of silly fun dancing to electro swing. We we did get there very early, but um, yeah, I'm glad we did because we got to listen to some very good music and we made the most most of our night. Um, so definitely recommend. I, I believe uh, John has some mixes available uh, on SoundCloud. So I think that's uh, DJ John Bongley or Bingley Bongley. Yeah, <laughs> Bingley Bongley is a fantastic name, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if that's their real name, but that's brilliant. I, I I think that should be their real name. Has a fantastic top hat. Um, oh yes. You, have you any others? Uh, let's see what else is on my my list of things I've listened to. Uh, there's one particular song I found this week through Spotify's random recommendation of music that I really Ooh. enjoyed. It's quite a sort of slow drifting kind of melody line on this track. It's called "Real Good Case of the Bats" by Yucky okay. Duster. Ooh. Uh, female vocalist, um, 
And it's basically just this sort of romanticized, sort of almost flowing, swaying sort of song about, you know, that kind of like low mood you can get into where like you're almost enjoying listening to things that you're like, I know that's still going to make me kind of sad, but I've just got to get it out. Mm. You know, I've just got to have a real good, just get all the sads out for a bit. I need to wallow for a while. Yeah, it, it's kind of a sweet flowing song about that moment of just like, okay. I just have to have a real good case of the bads right now. Mm. Um, so like, yeah, that's, that's a track I would really recommend listening to. It's very, it's got a very odd back and forth flow to it that I don't normally hear in music. Mm. There's nothing quite like it. So that so would be what I'd recommend. Yeah. What mm. about you? Give me a thing you've listened to this week. Um, I, I had a, a, a moment where the lyrics to Ambassadors of Funk Super Mario Land single <laughs> came into my head. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I still have that somewhere on C, uh, cassette single. Don't know where that came from. Pretty sure I never bought it. It's the game original Game Boy Super Mario Land music with some rapping over the top of it. <laughs> Uh, which was clearly just a massive cash on uh, cash in at the time, um, and then sort of that triggered in my mind reminded me of another track that was out about the same same time, and it was called Supersonic and had like a, a rolling Sonic the Hedgehog on the front. I looked it up, I found it, I listened to it. It's not bad, uh, and it's by a group called HWA. Ah. And apparently they're still making music. Uh, in in terms of like weird bits of music that just get stuck in your head for no real mm. reason, um, one just like theme tune to a TV show that I don't know why, but just has been in my head all week. It just <laughs> keeps popping up. Is the theme tune to a nineties uh, children's television show called The Hoobs. You know who the Hoobs are? I've a running to them. <laughs> they're Hoobs and they're ready to go. <laughs> Hover, hover, sing who blend. We probably shouldn't be singing this. We probably shouldn't sing the whole thing, but it's it's just this nineties nineties uh, children's show that used to air at like six in the morning on Channel Four, and for whatever reason, I just can't get it out of my head this week. So I'll just find myself singing about the hoobs every now and then while I'm working. I think I still have quite a visceral reaction to to hearing that track because for about a year it was my alarm. Because oh. I didn't have a phone or anything else, so my but my TV had an automatic switch on setting. So, it, because I was working um, in a hospital, I had to get up at like five o'clock in the morning to go and make tea and clean wards. Mm. And the thing that was on at that time was apparently the Hoobs on Channel Four. So, <laughs> then just it it makes me my eye twitch a little bit when I hear. Either the, the main theme tune, or we're off to see the Tiddly Peeps. They're all smart, they're fun, they know. <laughs> uh, no! see, see, my, my, my knowledge of that program is basically, I used to wake up at 5am, no alarm, every day, because I used to have a body that wanted to wake up, and that has long since changed. But I used to be up at like 5, 5.30 in the morning and have nothing to do. And I was just like, well, I'm awake. What's on TV? I suppose I'm watching the hoobs. So I, I I just kind of associate the hoobs with I have an hour and a half that I just kind of need to find something to do. Mm. I guess it's the hoobs. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's been popping into my head all week. Uh, any other music you've been listening to? Uh, I've had um, Super Mario World's athletic theme. Just 
repeatedly in my head. Which song is the athletic theme? I never... I think it plays on Butterbridge. I never knew that's what that tune was called, but I, I definitely know that tune. Yeah. Ah, so there as, you go. And now I want there... to play Mario World again. It's been a very long time. Hurrah! Maybe that'll be a thing you'll have done by next week. Well, you've got a SNES Mini, haven't you? I do have a SNES Mini. Do we I need to bring Mario it sometime so that together. we can play some Mario? We should hang out and play Mario together. We should also play Secret of Mana, but I'm maybe thinking about waiting until the re-release comes out. The re-release isn't far away now, so that no. might not be a bad idea. Although um, I've not seen a Switch release date for that, so... Uh, I have no idea if there is one, but there is a PS4 mm. version, right. I know that much, and I have one of those, so we can play <laughs> it on that if need be. Uh, so yeah, other things I've listened to this week. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to a lot of the Monster Hunter World soundtrack, because I've been playing a lot of that game this week, and we'll talk about it when we get to what we've played in the week, but... Mm -hmm. Its its soundtrack is very much this sort of big, grand orchestral score with occasional dramatic, like, oh, something's going to get you themes. But a lot of it is all these just sort of ambient tracks that make you feel like you're off on some grand adventure, mm. which has been really nice as a backing track to going for runs. All right. So whenever I go out running, I've just been putting on this sort of like big sweeping orchestral score and being like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go find a monster to hunt. Yeah, I'm gonna do a, a pole vault jump thing off my weapon and just uh, attack that strange man in the high street. Ah! <laughs> I I have resisted the urge to attack the strange man in the high street so far. Probably wise. <laughs> uh, what about you? Have you got any more listening got a, things? Yeah, got a couple more. Um, I listened to the Sonic Mania soundtrack. Ooh. I've never played Sonic Mania, but I, I thought I'd have a look at that. It was surprised how long it is. It's it's a very good arrangement of stuff that sounds like classic Sonic music. Yeah, yeah, that's some good stuff. I um, particularly enjoyed, um, I think it's Mirage Saloon Act 1. Mm, For anyone yes. who, who knows that one. <laughs> um, I also listened to a load of uh, Ben Prunty's music. Uh, who is the person who did soundtracks for FTL Faster Than Lights and uh, The Dark Side Detective. Which um, we will get to when we've we will get to. we've played. <laughs> but uh, also two other albums, uh, Colour Sky and Fragments, were both really good. Yeah. And they're available on Bandcamp. Um, so definitely get that. Uh, those are worth looking at. I think the last thing I've listened to this week is I've got one more like individual Ooh. song recommendation, and mm. it's a track called "Everything Is Borrowed by the Streets," uh, and the artist I believe is called Torch Songs, and it's got a lot of brass in it, but it's this mm. sort of like almost almost rap over brass song that's about sort of like not not missing any chances and going for all those opportunities that comes up and going. You know, don't look back regretting not going for it. Go for mm. it. You'll be fine. Push yourself. Go for things. Nice. There seems to be a recurring theme in the lyrics of songs I enjoy. <laughs> more brass, more things. Indeed, I enjoy songs about reaching for goals and going for dreams and such. Have a bit of a wallow? 
then get you then get like yeah i need the the eye of the tiger music pretty much uh hello again and welcome back to the rhyming items channel where we sell you over the phone from your television items entirely which rhyme some of them are are functional some of them are not all of them will rhyme and that's how you are guarantee uh what have we got first up for sale today well, today we're selling these fine Beaches Beach Peaches. The finest Beaches Peaches that you can get around. Tell me about Beaches Peaches. What's what's so special about a Beaches Peach that makes it different from a peach? They're this beautiful sandy color. They're just so juicy and amazing. Oh, lovely. What a wonderful product idea. Uh, next up on the channel, we have Bad Idea Beer. It's beer. You know that kind of drink where you have some, you have some alcohol, and you just your your judgment's just a little bit off. You do stuff that you really shouldn't do that seems like a good idea, and you you come back to it later and go, I really shouldn't have done that. Like the time I bought that giant chenga. Exactly. Guaranteed. Every time you have some bad idea beer, you'll just get all of those those bad ideas right out of your system by having bad ideas and probably acting on them. Bad idea beer. Just go in knowing it's gonna happen and you won't be surprised. It sounds great. What have we got next on the channel? Up next is a no hassle tassel. Tell us about the no hassle tassel. Anything you wanted to attach tassel to. Literally anything. It sticks to literally anything. This block of ice? Tassel. My nipple? Tassel. This radiator? Tassel. A ferret? Tassels. <laughs> and, uh, will, will they ever tangle up? Absolutely. They're tassels. <laughs> next up on the channel, we have Rat Tat. It's pointless accessories that your rat really does not need, but they kind of want anyway. Get them for them. They're never going to use them, but who cares? It's rat tat. Exactly. Try this tiny adorable rat bat, the rat hat, and this rat doormat. And the rat cat. It's not going to like the rat cat. It really isn't. Do we have any products left on our channel today? I think that's everything today. So I'm going to start putting tassels on the camera crew. I'm going to continue to find more pieces of tat we can sell your rat. Thank you very much again for joining the Rhyming Items channel. Thanks for joining us. Greetings. Welcome to the Satanic Ritual. Thank you, and I'm glad that you've, um, you've, 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 you've taken into account my dietary needs. This, uh, this very thoughtful of you. This is an entirely vegan satanic ritual. Please enjoy the carved remains of the carrots, the disemboweled peppers, and the decimated remains of a thousand innocent chickpeas. So what you're saying is that you got some, some carrots enormous? Yes, crudités over there. Oh. Then enjoy the blood of many thousands of grapes. Oh, you got wine. Nice. Uh, no, just just grape juice. Oh, okay. Well, that's still pr- that's still that's still pretty good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think Jerry's gonna be here about five. You, you, you're an eye. Sorry. Elder Gerald will be here in about five minutes. Are you ready for the sacrifice? I'm very ready for the sacrifice. What, what are we placing in the center of the altar? <coughs> 
You know, you know, it's all right, friend. If you want to drop the 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 dark the dark gloomy voice, we're here to do a ritual. It's all if you don't have to put on all the gravel to do it. Thank you very much. I've been terribly worried about the whole situation. Oh, this is fine. It's, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, you know the the whole idea that this has to be dark and metal's all right. Well, absolutely. You know, I thought I'd try to sound as dark and demonic as possible. Obviously, want to keep up appearances. Right, so what are we putting in the middle of this sacrificial satanic ritual circle then? Well, I pressed this tofu. Ooh, ooh. Have you made it look all dark and evil, have you? No, I've just pressed it. I know the Dark Lord doesn't like too much fluid in the tofu. Or has he drained it off a bit? Yeah, put it in my tofu press. I made it specially out of a couple of bits of perspex. Right, well, I suppose we'll get ready to do things with Satan then. Yeah, oh, look, here he comes now. Darkin' for Lord greetings. Praise the Dark Lord. Hail Clive, (laughs) our Dark Lord. (laughs) So, what have you been watching this week? Well, I finally caught up with you and watched Dirk Gently Season 2. I, th- I think on... you slept through like an episode or so of it, but I-, I tried my best to catch you up on where we were. So hopefully... I felt very caught up. Hopefully you didn't feel like you missed too much. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I got the, mo- the the gist of it, and I certainly mm-hmm. understood what was going on by the end. How, how did you find Season and... 2? I really enjoyed it. It was... Um, I was slightly concerned about um, Martin's hair for a while, but... Uh, it's okay. By the by, the end of it, he had both his glasses and his hair back. <laughs> um, <clears throat> not that I was perving, honest. You see what I mean when I was talking about it the other week? That season two of Dirk Gently is very different tonally to what the first season was going for, but it Keep was... In... Yeah. yeah. I think given the subject matter, that was completely unavoidable. Yeah, like I, I feel like they, they took the core of the show, which is this whole idea of the, the holistic nature of things mm. and applied it to like a different genre of story like where the first one was like sci-fi sci-fi mystery whereas this was more traditional fantasy mystery mm. i suppose yeah. it was modern fairy tale yeah what did you think of that that one scene that i hinted at on twitter <laughs> uh, where, where a, a, a big room full of people discover the holistic interconnectedness of the universe huh? uh, it seemed very familiar uh, it, <laughs> it seemed like something i'd not seen more than a day or so before it it is one of the the most amusing jokes they could have made with the whole idea of this is a show about people experiencing the interconnectedness of the universe it seemed like a very apt joke for them yeah, to make and i was a great very impressed of, a great sense of loving one another and <laughs> feeling the interconnectedness oh yes mm-hmm. very interconnected um mm-hmm. yeah no like i i really enjoyed season two and apparently mm-hmm. they've the show's been cancelled it's not getting a season Ooh. three which Ooh. is a real shame because the ending of season two really sort of queued up for like this is where the show's going here's your Big overarching story. Petitions, petitions, petitions. I oh say. yeah, no, this is a show I'll I'll fight to get another season of this because Dirt Gently is too good. That's rude. So yeah. rude. If you're listening for a third season, it's been decided. If, if you're yeah. listening to this and you've not seen Dirk Gently, go and watch Dirk Gently and then tweet at Netflix that you want more Dirk Gently. And make sure you give it a thumbs up on Netflix. Cause... And and give it the the five stars and all the however you mm-hmm. rate things there. 
rate all the things. I might Rape. have to. I might have to watch it again and review it for for Stone Monkey Radio and um try and get some more positive feedback behind that because it's yeah. a good series. It, it's a fantastic show that like when the first season went up and even when the second season went up, I just kept not watching it and being like, oh, well, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And I loved it when I saw it. Mm. I don't know what it is about that show that doesn't demand clicking on. Mm. So, so, yeah. yeah Doug Tenney, very good. More of that, please. Indeed. Please. Uh, let's see, is there anything that I've watched this week? Oh, I've been watching some things this week. So, mm. I'm currently about six episodes into an anime called Tokyo Ghoul. Ooh. Which is a show that Basically, I've been watching and uh, I've been waiting until Netflix had the show and had the English voice track for it before I wanted to watch it because I just didn't feel like watching subtitles. Hmm. Um, so the basic idea of this show is that it it's set in in basically our world, except there are vamp there are these things called ghouls, which are basically vampires. To survive, hmm. they have to consume human blood or flesh, and they are very very powerful beings and you kind of get two stories going on at once so the one story is the humans are trying to hunt down these vampire things because they're killing and eating humans that's an understandable reason to try and get rid of them and on the other side you've got the stories of these sort of these ghouls these kind of vampire-esque things basically being like hey we can't really help it we have to do this or we die that's you know, humans eat animals because, you know, they have to eat or they die. We're just more limited in what we can eat without dying. Mm. Um, and then the main character is basically someone who was a human, ends up becoming half ghoul, and they're in the middle like, oh no, I understand both of these struggles. How, how are we going to deal with this? Mm. So what I will say about this show is the fight scenes are really well done. Uh, mm-hmm. They they clearly put a lot of their production budget into very fluid, very fast-paced action scenes that don't use a lot of held positions. Um, some anime, when you've got big fight scenes, will have the characters held in place while big effects mo- go around them and things like that yeah. to save to save budget. Mm-hmm. No, if a fight scene mm-hmm. is happening, everyone is constantly moving and doing things, wow. which looks really good. Mm. And I very much enjoy some of the character writing and the ways that the show gets you to empathise with the situations of characters who initially are portrayed as, as negative, and then it's like, oh, I see where you're coming from. Hmm. It it also has a couple of very impressively performed villains already. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm only about halfway through the first season. Um, hmm. There's two seasons up on Netflix. I'm about six episodes out of 12 on season one. But um, hmm. yeah, I'm really enjoying that so far. So I'm, I'm going to watch some more this week and hopefully it keeps up this level of quality. Excellent. Yeah. What about you? What, el- what else have you watched this week? Well, we watched some, some Trapdoor. Uh, I slept through some Trapdoor. You I remember slept through most of Trapdoor. I remember that Trapdoor was on, and then I fell asleep. So, how was Trapdoor? <laughs> Trapdoor is and and was and will remain absolutely awesome. <laughs> it it is is a very pleasant show, very but sweet. it is a show that I can very easily sleep through. Yeah, it's, it's got it's quite got quite a, an interesting style. Although sometimes it just, just does just feel like let's mash all the plastic scene together. <laughs> yeah. So 
Trapdoor is a thing that I think is very British. Like, I don't know if people in other countries will be necessarily aware of Trapdoor. I, I feel like um, it, this was a very, like, English thing, Trapdoor. I don't know. I, I, don't, I mean, yes, probably. It's about a, a creature who works in a castle. He is essentially the overworked servant of the thing upstairs that you pretty much never, never see or get any proper feel for. It appears to be some sort of giant, booming, shouting creature that constantly demands to be um, fed or washed or, or bathed <laughs> or whatever. And um, Burke is this little blue Play-Doh um, person who uh, lives downstairs and, and guards the, tra- the, the titular trapdoor. Yeah, don't you open that trapdoor. Because there's something down there. Yeah, and uh, he, he he is friends with a skeleton, uh, an animate, an animate skull, bony. <laughs> Burke, Burke, I've got a body. <laughs> and uh, and his, I guess, a spider friend, Drut, who doesn't really say anything, just makes bop, bop, bop noises and scuttles around, eating the worms that crawl up from the trapdoor. And occasionally they have their friend Rog visit, who is a large pup. A pink monster, and sometimes other clouds or whatever else come up and wreak havoc for a while, and Burke bonks them with their rolling pin. <laughs> it's it's a very easy watching show. Like it's just this it pleasant, silly adventures of some Play-Doh creatures that live downstairs in a castle. Yes, having it's... silly, light-hearted, never particularly high-stakes, f- silly adventures. I don't know, some of it is quite creepy in places. Okay, some of it is quite creepy, but I don't think you ever worry that like there's going to be a serious long-term impact. I guess not. There is the Down the Trapdoor episode. Oh yes, that gets cr- creepy. <laughs> Will Burke survive? Let's hope so! Yay! I'm told there was a, a Trapdoor movie, but I've never seen it. Well, maybe that that's a thing we'll have to we'll have to track down sometime, mm. and then hopefully I won't sleep through it. <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, maybe good in heels. Uh, what else is there? I found a YouTube channel that was quite interesting this week. Ooh, do tell. Uh, so I found a YouTube channel that uh, I'm I'm not a hundred percent in agreement with everything they post, but they've definitely posted okay. some interesting stuff. So this channel is called the School of Life. And they do short animated videos about a series of topics that are all usually about various takes on human psychology. And Mm -hmm. some of their their takes are very interesting. Some of them I watch and go, okay, I can see how you get there. I don't necessarily agree with that. But um, Mm. I think that a lot of their videos are very interesting. Um, The one I found them through is someone sent me a link to a video about... Basically, the psychology of why people grow attached as children to stuffed animals and the emotional support role mm. they play in externalizing supportive feelings that you may struggle to, you know, self to apply to yourself. Um, the sort of important role of saying things are going to be okay, it's not as bad as you worry, and basically that externalizing that can make it easier to process and to believe and that's sort of the role that stuffed animals play for children mm. i'm like okay yeah that that was an interesting video it really was I yeah so a lot of their videos are similar sort of videos to that i don't always think they're on the mark but i think that mm. they always present their videos in thought out ways 
that are at the very least interesting perspectives to consider. Yeah. So, like, I definitely think that the School of Life on YouTube is worth a look. Uh, what about you? What else have you watched? Well, I spent quite a lot of time today watching Samurai Pizza Cats. <gasps> so, I'm aware of this show's oh, concept. Cause... I've never seen it. Uh, it sounds like the most late 80s, early 90s thing that's ever existed. 1991. Uh, okay. Released in Japan. Um, uh, the year I was born, funnily enough. And it was picked up by uh, Saban, because aren't they responsible for um, Power Rangers? Yes, they are. Okay, so it was picked up by Saban and aired as a 52-episode English adaptation uh, in 1993 on YTTV in Canada, 1996 uh, in the US. As someone who's never seen it, would I be right to guess that it is basically just a furrier, fluffier version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes, but with a lot more fourth wall breaking. Okay, so it is still it's a team super of, referential. Is is it still a team of four uh, animals turned humanoid that enjoy eating pizza and using their sort of ninja esque weaponry to uh, defeat villains? It's three cybernetically <gasps> uh, cybernetic anthropomorphic animals. How, cats, what they fact. didn't even mention the fact they're cybernetic in the title. I feel I nope. feel I feel misled. <laughs> Um, well, there might be in the original Japanese title. <laughs> um, nope. The original Japanese title it translates to Cat Ninja Legend Tandy. Or Tandy. Ah. So, you say there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in this. Yes. I mean, and you, you mentioned the turtles. There is an episode where they talk to the narrator and say something like, is, uh, or the narrator says something like, is that the one where you guys have to dress up uh, in uh, in turtle costumes? Because they're talking about making more money as cartoon characters on a different show. <laughs> uh, they run a pizza parlor or work in a pizza parlor, and they are constantly fighting. It's set a little bit like a comp, comp, uh, a mashup of feudal Japanese culture and contemporary culture. And they, uh, the 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 city is ostensibly led by Emperor Fred, but his daughter Princess Violet does does most of the actual running. And the Prime Minister Seymour, the Big Cheese, is a, a rat that's basically plotting to overthrow, with the help of um, various silly anthropomorphic animals, specifically Bad Bird. Although in one episode I heard them referred to as Dirty Bird, so... <laughs> oh, you Dirty Bird. <laughs> you Dirty Bird. I thought that was um, that was quite funny. And the army of ninja crows. So, uh, yes, it's very silly. Apparently it's on Crunchyroll. It's also oh. mostly on YouTubes. Uh, but yes, it's, it's very silly. Uh, I remember catching like an episode or two when I was very, very small and it first started airing on uh, UK TV. But I think it was probably clashing with something else I watched. Ah, oh, what were you watching that was clashing with it? I don't know. I can't even, um, I can't even <laughs> tell what year the U- UK first run was. Well, um, that would make it more difficult to tell. <laughs> Here's yeah. me expecting you to have like photographic memory of what was airing at the same time as Samurai Pizza Cats. I don't know. I feel like it... Mm, 91. I can't remember what year Tasmania was. It... Oh, Tasmania. <laughs> watched a lot of Tasmania as a kid. That that was but... the thing that like I watched it if there was nothing else on, but I never sought it out. I, I thought... Um, I, I, I'm almost afraid to say, and I'm very... I'm, I find this a lot 
with some very classic cartoons. Um, but like I, I, my one of my favorite characters was Taz's dad. Um, <laughs> now I start to wonder: was that horribly problematic? I don't know. I don't remember anything about Taz's dad. Um, he was quite sort of very calm and relaxed, and generally just wanted to sit and read the newspaper. <laughs> and just <laughs> yeah, okay, son, whatever. <laughs> Um, I particularly remember Tasmania because I I tended to put it on in the background. I think I'd recorded the audio from Tasmania episodes onto cassettes (laughs) so that I could listen to it in the background while I was um, coding on my Commodore 64 so that I would have someone to talk to because I basically programmed it to have conversations with me. All the signs were there. (laughs) Don't, Don't... I don't do socialising, don't understand other people, but I will make a programme that will talk to me. Oh, bub. See, what I did comparatively when I was a child that had no one to talk to is mm. that I would I would duel myself at Yu-Gi-Oh, which is my segue to I watched some Yu-Gi-Oh episodes this week. Yes. Uh, nice. Yeah, that was that was another of the like things that I did while I was an antisocial teen uh, like child with no friends. I watched mm. an awful lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! And... Currently, on another podcast I'm on, Dice Funk, uh, we're mm-hmm. doing a D&D campaign where I play a Yu-Gi-Oh wizard. And because we're just sort of ramping up to the point where it's going to be like, hey, this arc of the campaign is going to be the Yu-Gi-Oh heist arc, I thought I, I should get back into my Yu-Gi-Oh head and, and watch some Yu-Gi-Oh. So for anyone who is unaware, Yu-Gi-Oh is an anime from the sort of like late 90s, early 2000s. It's still going on to today, but I have no idea really? what it's about at this point. Um, about a kid with the the spirit of an ancient pharaoh inside him that makes him better at playing children's trading cards in a world where playing children's trading cards is very important. Uh, <sighs> and with the powers of belief and friendship <laughs> and, and believing in your friends and having faith in the heart of the cards, you can draw the right trading card and, and somehow that saves the world. I remember about three things from that show right what do you remember i you've activated my trap card yep ridiculous hair yep and blue eyes white dragon yes that is pretty much that entire show um okay so i went back and rewatched some of it and what i always kind of knew to be true about the show is definitely true it is a very cheesy show that does not in any way pay attention to the rules it establishes for its cards and it is very clearly purely there as a vehicle to sell more Toys. trading cards to children. That is clearly mm. what it is, but also I have such a ludicrous um, amount of uh, connection with this silly show and watch rewatching the show has basically just made the like the ten year old inside me scream, I need to buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards, they're so <laughs> cool. I'm like, the show clearly did what it was trying to do. Watching it as an adult makes me want to buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards again. I'm like, I don't know how the game is played anymore. They've added so many ludicrous rules since I stopped playing. I, I, I would have no one to play it with, and I wouldn't want to try and explain the rules to anyone because, oh god, they're a mess. But I also kind of just watching that show wanted to buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards again. I was like, you're a very effective advertisement, Yu-Gi-Oh. You make this card games seem like it is the coolest thing in the world. Oh, bless. Yeah, so that was the thing I watched this week. It's it's funny you bring up Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I was watching... when well, While I was watching Samurai Pizza Cats, there was a thing on 
there was somebody's voice in there sounded a lot like Meowth from Pokemon. Right. And I was like, okay. So I, I did a bit of Googling and found out that the voice of Meowth is dead. Uh, I have a Meowth Pokemon card signed by the now dead voice actor of Meowth. Oh, I was a bit sad. Yeah, that is um, quite sad. And and while googling around for that, I, I found a, a a panel recorded with um, a couple of the voice actors from Pokemon, uh, Ash and uh, Jesse. Yeah. No, James. Ash yeah. and James. And James was talking, about, or that guy was talking about like lines that he'd had to say a lot, like obviously doing the prepare for trouble and make it double stuff, and and the variations thereupon, and and how he had to do like a version of that every episode, and did he get sick of that? And he said, I didn't get nearly as sick as that as I did did of blue eyes, white dragon. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I have no <laughs> idea. Is that the voice of Kaiba? Apparently so. Well, <laughs> he's going get another card. Honestly. <laughs> Uh, see, I, I can't imagine any of those voice actors would have gotten as annoyed as Meowth, that's right. <laughs> Meowth, that's right. Yeah, uh, but Meow, Meowth did have, like, was probably one of the, was the brains of that operation for the most oh, part. Yeah, but they did have to say a lot of just their own name a lot. Meowth. <laughs> yeah, I suppose for the Meowth episodes where they were just playing a Meowth, <laughs> probably would have been, but for the rest of it, not so bad. Hello, pizza. Hi. Um, I, I, I ordered a pizza and I, I, I asked for it without, um, without cheese. But you sent me it with, with cheese on it. Ah, uh, was that the trans pizza? Uh, y- yeah, I am trans, but I don't know what that has to do with me ordering a pizza. Well, you did, you did say that you didn't want cheese on it, but uh, we had to make absolutely sure that that's the case. See, no, we don't, we don't, we don't want you just rushing into this. This is a life-changing decision. Well, well, I, I know I don't want, I, I know I don't want cheese on it because I'm lactose intolerant, and if I eat this cheese, it's gonna cause me great gastric distress. Well, you might think that you're in distress, and obviously we understand that. But what we, we want you to really think about it, really decide if you're definitely, definitely lactose intolerant. You don't want the cheese. This is a thing you can't rush into. We've got we've got a couple of different chefs, so one of them will 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 check over your order, and then obviously we'll send them to confer with the second chef, and then in a couple of years we might consider taking the cheese off your pizzas for well, you. Surely I know best what's going to help me because I have cheese, and then everything goes very badly. And when I don't have cheese, everything is fine. And as such, I just want to go. Hey, can I just not have cheese anymore? Well, we. Absolutely understand that that's what you want want to happen, and absolutely we we do want to try and make you as comfortable as possible. But unfortunately, we, we, there is this procedure that we have to go through because obviously you know you're trans. We can't just have you rushing into decisions that you think are right for you. And how long is it going to take me to to get through this process that you can stop sending me cheese on pizza? Unfortunately, current waiting list you could be looking to up to eight years to get all the way through the process. It's fine, I'll just make my own pizzas without cheese, I suppose. The NHS. The NHS. Waiting lists and not giving you what you need. Literally terrifying. Morning, darling. I'm just going to pop downstairs and grab the post. This has been foretold. What? What are you doing in my hallway? It is the chosen one. You haven't listened. 
I just got out of bed. You've, you have arisen as the text foretold to go on your mighty quest. I'm just going to get the post. Ah, the sacred words. As it was foretold, the chosen one shall rise and fetch the sacred words from yonder hallway. I'm just, I'm just, I'm in my dressing gown. You shouldn't be here. Indeed, you are wearing the ceremonial ancient robe as it was foretold. The ancient robe of dressing gown. It's not that old. I've only had it a few weeks. It is is ancient. Ancient, I I tell you. I need a coffee. Aha! Yes! More proof that you are the one from the ancient texts. You shall imbibe the juice of the power bean, and it shall give you the strength to go on your journey. Oh, weird. You're the one doing the quest. Go, go do the quest, and then I can leave. Honey, I'm just popping out to do a quest for a strange old woman in our hallway. You don't have to go outside, you don't have to go downstairs and get the sacred texts and wear your dress, your ancient robe and imbibe the juice of the power bean and then oh. I shall be banished back to the primordial realm. Okay, well, bills, bills, bills. Hmm. The prophecy has been fulfilled! Honey, I actually am going out on a, on a, on a, on a quest, apparently. Yeah, what? yeah. No, look here in this this letter I've just received. It's from uh, my my long lost uncle. Apparently, they fell through time, and they now need me to go and help them slay a dragon that's appeared somewhere uh, outside Chiswick. Is this yes, something to do with yes, you, or? Yes, of of course. I definitely knew that was going to happen, and I wasn't just sending you on a quest because I was bored and needed you to. Wanted you to go get your post and that to be the quest. This was definitely the quest I planned. How did you even get in here? Magic! Also, you probably shouldn't leave your spare key under the doormat. It's a cliche for a reason. So, what have we been playing this week? Well, I, I, I mentioned this earlier. I have been playing Dark Side Detective. How is and it? And I reviewed it. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's a, a great nostalgia fest for people who like classic 90s uh, LucasArts point-and-click adventures, mm-hmm. um, which it goes to great lengths to reference. Day of the Tentacle, uh, Full Throttle, Simon the Sorcerer, um, the the Discworld point and click. So you'll find like Rincewind's hats a hat at one point. You'll find like a costume shop that's got Guy Brush's pirate outfit from Monkey Island Two and other stuff. It's it's basically you are uh, Francis McQueen and ably assisted by Officer Dooley, and they are the Dark Side Division for Twin Lakes uh, Police Department, and they are sent all the ridiculous occult missions so like the first mission you'll you'll go off and try and find a, a child that's gone missing at a mansion and it turns out they're in a, a parallel world it's it's very interesting it it does sound very interesting it's it's good it's quite short though um it's six chapters that take well the first chapter is more of a tutorial um you can probably finish that one in about 10 15 minutes but um the rest of them are about an hour each Ah, so that that's not too short. You're looking at at least a good five five hours or so. Yeah, the 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 PC version which came out last summer has a seventh chapter, and that uh, I be- I've I've been assured by the uh, dev that the seventh chapter is coming to Switch as a free download shortly. But because it was before release, they couldn't add that in as well because it would have meant more. Um, more QA stuff with Nintendo before they'd be allowed to put it up. 
which would have yes. set the, the the release date back a bit. So they're just um, like, so yeah, it's fine. We'll we'll stick it in there later. Yeah, they they hit me up on Twitter almost as soon as I I I shared my uh, review. They seemed very happy with the review, but sort of like, hey, we're gonna do this thing. So <laughs> that is now corrected in the review. Ah, hooray! What have you been up to? Uh what have I what have I been playing? So. I've been playing a couple of things just by myself, so mm-hmm. I've been, as I sort of alluded to earlier in the music section, I've been playing Monster Hunter World, so mm-hmm. for anyone who's not aware of the series, basically you get dropped on a big island and there's a bunch of dinosaur-esque creatures, like here's, here's Big Dragon and here's a T-Rex and here's a giant chicken with a huge tongue that squirts like poison at you, and basically it's go out by yourself and try and take down these very big creatures without dying, and then you harvest materials from them to make armor and weapons to go kill the bigger thing. Hmm. I found that's been a really nice game to li- to play while listening to podcasts and catching up on audio media. Hmm. It's one of those games that, like, a lot of the gameplay loop is okay. I'm not on any specific mission right now. I'm just looking for these specific parts, which means I need to hunt these specific beasts. So I'm just gonna kind of go out and have fun grinding some enemies I kind of know how to beat by now while I listen to something else. Mm. It's been really nice as a visual a visual and in, like engaging thing to be doing while I catch up on other media. So that's mm. been really nice. Um, for people who've played previous Monster Hunters, this is very similar to previous ones. Uh, don't, don't attack the creatures too much. Be very cautious. Dodge out the way if they're going to do a big attack. That sort of thing. It's very similar mm. pace to like a Dark Souls. Yeah, but yeah, I I'm not really far enough into that to give any concrete thoughts. What I've played of it so far has been a lot of fun, and I'm very much enjoying it. I hear it's very pretty. It is very very pretty. It's a lot of like this is a very gorgeous environment, and that's a really gorgeous creature that because it's big, I know I'm gonna have to kill it at some point. Um, uh, now I must slaughter you. Yeah, like two of the things I've played this week have been. Very similar themes, but very different feelings connected to them. So, Monster Hunter World, I see a really big creature and I go, I'm going to have to, I'm going to kill you, and then I'm going to wear you as a cool spiky jacket. And the, Um. the, the alternative thing I've been playing is Shadow of the Colossus, where it's, I'm going to kill you, but I'm going to feel like I'm doing the wrong thing all the time. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. Do you not feel that with Monster Hunter? There, there's at least some lore in Monster Hunter that's like these these creatures are either decimating the local animal population and destabilizing the ecosystem, or they're incredibly aggressive and keep attacking humans, and they're meaning that humans can't like survive because they're being attacked from all sides by these creatures. It's always like this thing is an imminent present threat. Please help us. Elephant culls. Um. Yeah, a li- little bit. Um, and I do feel bad in Monster Hunter because when you injure a creature enough, it will run away limping, and that's sort of one of your signs that, like, oh, you've almost defeated it. I always feel bad when they're limping. I'm like, oh, poor thing. Sorry. You're just trying to get away now. I don't think that's one for me. No. Anyway, that's... Shadow of the Colossus, which I have played. Yeah, Shadow of the Colossus. I've been playing the uh, the new PS4 remake of that game. Um, goodness, goodness, I didn't realise how much that game would benefit from a nice shiny coat of paint over it. Another one. 
Yeah. This is the second time it's had, had an update, isn't it? Yeah, so the first time they basically just took all the existing assets and just up them. So they were basically oh, okay. the same, but just kind of... Here here it's in widescreen and slightly higher resolution, but it's it's the same kind of muddy texture there. Everything was still mm. very angular. Here they've gone and from the ground up remade everything with like, okay, let's make remake all new, like, designed for HD assets for everything. Mm. And oh my goodness, this game looks gorgeous and I still feel terrible for hurting these creatures. Yeah. Yeah. That was certainly one that was very good for doing like you are the bad person. You are yes. here for entirely selfish reasons. Every, everything about that game hammers home. You shouldn't be doing this. These creatures are purely like just trying to do their thing and you're murdering them so that you can get something for yourself. Feel bad about mm. that. Feel bad. See how your skin becomes more nasty and veiny. Your hair becomes more emo. It's almost like your you... girlfriend's going to be alive. Indeed, it's. They say right at the beginning, like, yeah, well, if you do this for us, we'll give you her, your girlfriend back. But, but at what cost? Like the gods that are making this deal with you say y you're gonna have to pay a ghost here. And he's like, yep, don't care. I'm gonna go kill the things. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> I want to have my hot, horny Ico baby. <laughs> so I'm currently like two two colossi into that game. So I'm like very near the beginning, but um. Yeah, here is a giant creature, very slowly climb it, find its glowing weak point and stab it a few times. Have they done anything new with it, or is it just uh, ga new graphics? Gameplay-wise, it is exactly the same. Like, they changed, oh. they changed the button layout slightly so that it's a little easier to, to control. Uh, makes a bit more sense where you put where the buttons are located. But it is just, this is a, sh a very nice-looking, shiny version of that old game. Only game I've ever broken a controller for. Which Colossus made you break a controller? Ah, interestingly, I don't remember which controller it was that, uh, which Colossus it was that made me break it. Probably the last one. <laughs> um, I just found that apparently I'd been pounding the triangle button to hold on a bit hard. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that I threw the controller; it's just that I, the the triangle button just stopped the, working. The creature was trying to shake you off, and in order to hold on, you <laughs> held that button as hard as you could. Cause it, <laughs> if I hold it harder, it won't shake me off. Oh no, I put my thumb through the controller. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Um, so again, we both played this week. We, we played Journey. You took me on a little journey. Yeah, and this is the first time you've played Journey. Uh, it was, yeah. How, how did you get on with it? Um, It was very sweet. I, I got a bit upset with the first person that was joining me. Oh, the on one the that was just running around like shouting, "Hey, I know what to do. Come follow me." Shout right, shout. You shout. come here, then you go here, then you go over there, then you do this. Okay? Come on. Come on. Okay, well, I'm just going to do the thing now then. Um and then I lost them sometime around the point with the big fly snake glowy eye yeah. like thingness. Uh luckily, um I, I the the thing that amused me that you said was going to amuse me when we got to the end was the uh first person fairly normal name the second one was like drug lord 69 <laughs> so for anyone okay who's, drug lord for thanks. anyone who's not played journey the basic idea is it's it's maybe like two hours or so long and it's this completely yeah. wordless experience where you play this person in sort of like a robe trying to get to the top of a top of a big mountain and there's this whole story going on about these sentient scarves that were being used as an energy source and how society mm. tore itself apart trying to deal with this this sentient energy source. 
And you just kind of go through all these like rather beautiful environments and usually it's just work out how to to walk through them or what you need to do to keep keep climbing and jumping and flying and it's just this very beautiful calm experience that tells like quite a sweet story. Yeah. It was it was good. Yeah. It was it was it was very very sweet, very interesting. I think as I say I probably would have enjoyed it more if the person that I'd been uh, hanging out with for the first section when I just wanted to go it's really pretty here I want to look at all the things yeah, I just and, and explore, explore a bit and they were very much like no come here do this now yeah like, well like they were clearly yeah. trying to help you but I get they, that, they didn't but... get the thing that you were just like no just let, let me take it in for a sec yeah and, and I, I suppose that is the problem when you are playing with someone who's been through at least once yeah. because they 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 they've had their chance to do all the, isn't it pretty? Let us wander. Let, let us wander. Honestly, too. I still want to do the. This is pretty. I want yeah. to wander stuff with that game. That's what I enjoy mm. about it. Um, the the other thing that I don't think we sort of explicitly said is um, you get randomly paired up with another player and yeah, they'll sort of be running around the world with you. But the only way you can communicate is these sort of like chirp sounds. Mm. So you, you you have to learn how to communicate with like, hey, a big chirp might be I found something or little chirps might be, oh, hooray, thank you. And you sort of develop this little bit of a, a language back and forth of how, how do I communicate this to you with chirps? That game is six years old. That game is six years old. That, oh, wow, yeah. It still March looks... 13th, 2012. Yeah. That game does still look gorgeous, though. Mm-hmm. It's very, very Definitely. pretty. It very much is. Yeah. What else have we been playing this week? Uh, we played Pokemon. You <gasps> taught, me, taught me to play the Pokemon trading card game. Yeah, I would never try and teach you the Yu-Gi-Oh card game, but the Pokemon card game stayed relatively simple over the years, so I tried mm. teaching you the Pokemon trading card game. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it's it's a lot more uh, a lot more simple than um, Magic the Gathering, which I've been playing since about 1994. Well... I've been collecting cards for since 1994. <laughs> I've probably played less than 100 games in that time. So both of us have like previously been involved in much more complicated in-depth <laughs> card games. Like you you were you were into Magic the Gathering, I was very yeah. into Yu-Gi-Oh. I think both of us have have been like let's let's not worry about trying to teach our game to the other cuz they're a bit ridiculous. Mm. The Pokémon card game is relatively simple cuz at its core it's just here is your Pokemon. You have to put enough energies on it that it can attack. It does this mm. much damage and it has this much health. That's kind of your rule set, mm. which is not ridiculous to pick up. Um, basically, we were playing this because the lovely people at the Pokemon company, uh, they they every now and then just send me like new sets of cards that they have. And nice. they sent a couple of decks over of some new deck collection they were doing. So I was like... Let's try playing some Pokemon, and I think we picked. Like, I think we got through the rules pretty quickly. Like, it it yeah. wasn't too much. I don't know what I'm doing going on. We did miss a couple of the rules out. I later found out. But, a couple of know, a couple think... of minor ones, like uh, attacking on the like whether you can att you can't attack on the first turn, and what was the other thing? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Now. I messaged you yesterday. It was yeah. It was very <laughs> minor things that I don't think made yeah. a huge difference, but um. I think we did some double attacks as well. 
and and doing things after an attack had been done. Yeah, and yeah. It's supposed to be the last thing. We yeah, we messed up turn order slightly, but I think we got yeah. the gist of it. But um Yeah. The thing that I found like that really surprised me is after we played our like couple of rounds together in person, you went on your own and started playing some online. I yeah, I started playing the online game. Um I bought a deck as well. Oh heck, like a, f- a physical deck. <laughs> I have I have bought a physical deck. Well, I have a bunch of assorted like loose cards from from booster cool. packs I've been given over the years. So if you fancy, I'll bring some of them next time I come to see you and we'll have a look and we can sit and be like, "Oh, I want to put that in my deck." We can play together. <gasps> we can um, play together. We can look at trading yeah. cards and build decks yes. together. Yeah, we're going to be poking nerds. <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, um, I've started playing the online game. I was really impressed with the uh, the the online app. Mm-hmm. Although I've only played against the computer because, do you know, I'm not a big fan of of online gaming because people can be awful. They can. We're going to try and play some of the online game together the day after we yeah. record this. But yeah. I can understand not wanting to play against um. Random people on the internet. Yeah. Well, you, well, you say we're going to play it tomorrow, but there is something else that we've been oh desperate to play together. I, I think for a little while. I think there's going to be like maybe one <laughs> online game of Pokemon, and then we're going to just play lots of <laughs> Dragon, Dragon Quest Builders together. <laughs> Dragon Quest Builders, <laughs> finally out. Um, but yeah, mm. like, I will say I'm. I've always been really pleased with how good the Pokemon trading card video games are at teaching, mm. teaching the rules in a very easy to understand way like Mm. i collected the pokemon cards for a long time as a child before i knew how to play the game and Mm. i ended up learning how to play the game from the pokemon trading card game game on the game boy color yeah like that was my first introduction to learning the rules of that card game and to its credit the card game has basically not changed um like they added a few new types of energy cards and Mm. There's these things, I think they're called EX creatures, which sometimes, like, they're, they're more powerful, but you might lose two prize cards rather than one if it's defeated. Mm. And I think that's the only major changes in about 10 to 15 years of this card game. Yeah, I, I, I get the impression that the GX moves are fairly new. Yeah, yeah. There's a few things um... like that where it's like, there's a couple of new bits here and there, but... For the most part, like they recently re-released the original sets of decks again as like a legacy yeah. collection, and Ooh. they are still surprisingly like competitive. Hmm. I, I know. I noticed that there were a lot of cards that must have been Gen One, mm. and all, although sort of obviously scrolling through um, the pre-built decks that you're given uh, as part of the online thing. There, I, I've noticed that there you might find two or three variations of the same Pokemon yes. that are basically slightly different artwork and they might have a different move. Mm. But certainly I can see how that uh, an original like first-gen Pikachu would fit in as a, a deck perfectly well with one of the more recent ones. Yeah. Like, the, the thing is with the way that they've re-released these Pokemon is because obviously there's only 700 or whatever Pokemon... They, mm. They've re-released multiple versions of the same Pokemon, so you might have a Gen 1 Pikachu that doesn't have any fancy special attacks, but you only mm. need to put one energy card on it for it to be able to start attacking. Whereas yeah. like a newer Pikachu might have some better moves, but it probably needs more energy to start using them. Mm. And there's like, okay, neither of those is inherently better or worse than the other. 
Yeah. Which is really nice. It's it's not mm. fallen victim to the the inflation of the card economy that a lot of these yeah. card games fall into. If you go from basic Magic the Gathering into pretty much anything after you open your first booster pack, you can be looking at some of the most ridiculously complicated rolls. Yes. Um, so as, as a very brief thing, I tried the other night watching some YouTube videos to find out what has changed in Yu-Gi-Oh! since I last played it? Um, they've introduced four new types of summoning and completely changed the way that the, the, the card like field is laid out. Okay. Uh, they now have these things called link summons where like they activate other spaces so other spaces can be used for things if the arrow on them is pointing to that space. So the positioning on the board is important and... There's pendulum summons where there's these monsters that are also magic cards and you can special summon things that are between their levels. And uh, XY summons where you put them on top of each other and then use the cards underneath as materials to do things. I'm like, I don't understand this game anymore. I'm just going to stand over here this for This is what is summoned by Dark Magician, okay? Yeah. That sounds needlessly complicated. It is. Um... We did play one other thing together this week. Uh, so we've talked about Clank on the show before, that sort of yeah. deck-building board game where you have to sort of get into the basement of a, a castle, get your treasure and get out. Mm-hmm. We played that again this week, but with a smartphone app. Well, yeah, we played with the Clank companion app from Renegade Games. We, we, uh, which... we played a couple of rounds with this, and it basically throws mm-hmm. in some extra rule sets. Some extra rules, some extra little actions that you have to take mm. that sort of spice things up a bit. So each each time we played a game with this companion app, we'd f- fill in the information of who was playing and this and that, and it would basically come up with three additional uh, like buttons that we would have to, like, mm-hmm. if you do something, press this button during the game, and there was a chance it would trigger an effect, so... For one of them, it was if you draw three or more like additional cards in your turn, or if you move more than three spaces through the through the map in one turn, or if you fight a goblin this turn, you would mm. tap the button on the screen, and sometimes it would do nothing, and sometimes it would be like, ah, you've generated extra noise, the dragon's more likely to attack, or everyone draws two cards, or oops, the dragon attacks right now, draw your damage and find out who gets hit. It's good. It it threw in a nice unpredictable element and made mm-hmm. it feel like there was a nice risk reward to I'm in a tough position. Do I want to trigger the, the the app and hope it does something to save me? Or do I avoid triggering the app in case it's gonna kill me? And still you kicked my ass by a good fifty points on both games. Uh I, I died, I'm pretty sure, in both games. I somehow still won, but Still won. I, uh, I'm pretty sure both games we played, I died before escaping the dungeon. You did. I did. I did not survive. I was. I was too loud. You were a little bit on the noisy side, I'm afraid. It's fine. I got lots of treasure. It's okay if if I die rich. You did. You died filthy rich. <laughs> um. There is also an option with that app that you can play single player. So if you want to just have a game of Clank and, and get some practicing, you can play with the app to try and sort of possibly practice your techniques. It might tell you to put extra uh, 
extra. It, it basically plays a character because it will take its own um, set of uh, clank cubes mm. that can go in the bag. It will um, tell you to remove certain cards from the um, the, the dungeon pile, uh, which is a, a selection of, of random cards. Usually you would attempt to buy these yourself on your turn, but in this case they, there might just be that, that one you wanted. has not only not in your deck, but it's not in anyone's deck because the companion has stolen it from you. <laughs> Rude. Um, but that is a really good app as well. Yeah, and it's, uh, because it's totally free, isn't it? It's totally free. Uh, available on uh, iOS and Android. Excuse me if this makes a noise. I'm just going to beat it up. <laughs> so you can play Clank. You can play Clank Sunken Treasures, which is the expansion pack. There's also a companion um, pits in, in the same app for Fuse, Flatline, Clank in Space and Lanterns. See, that's so, that's really nice when a, a a board game company goes out of their way to be like, no, we're gonna yeah. give you additional tools to you know make it to change up your game or to make it easier for you to play by yourself, and mm. that's a really nice little touch. Yeah, I think more of that because uh, I I originally stumbled on along that while I was looking for sort of um, advice on whether or not it was worth getting uh, getting the expansion. Someone's like, well, you could just. You could just play with the app and see what you think of that. So um, I might have to try that next time we, we have a four-player game. I think that sounds like a good idea. Friend, can I interest you in this glorious meat broom? What? Glorious meat broom. It's made of high-quality beef cuts. It can make you a ton of money. A, a meat broom? Why? Glorious meat broom. Why would I want a broom made of meat? How how is this gonna make me money? It's only twenty nine ninety five. It can make you so much money. Everyone who buys one gets a chance to win a cash prize. Okay, Th- is that how I make the money? Is it j- just I I might win the cash prize? Glorious meat broom. Why, why do you keep saying meat broom? What is a meat broom? Listen, if you don't buy one, you can't enter the sweepstake. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jane did not warn me of where that was going in advance. <laughs> I, I promise you, listeners, that was a very genuine groan. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors! Oh, hey, how, how, how are you doing today? All right, how are you? How's it going? Oh, I'm all right, man. Are you, yeah. uh, you, you've seen Harry recently? Harry? No, no. Is he all right? Well, well you see, I, I say Harry for, for purpose sake of, of getting you to know who I'm, I'm referring to, but, right, but right. I, you know, it's a, it's a difficult situation to approach. Yeah. Uh, but Barry's now going by Dave. So, uh, oh. yeah, I saw, da- I saw Dave the other day. He's, he's, uh... He's doing very good. Um, he's, you know, he, he got on the uh, the football team. He's uh, he's playing in the open game against Portsmouth next week. Nice, he's doing nice. all right. Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, I think this is uh, that's good. Was there any particular reason, or just just felt more Davy? Well, exactly. He just you know, you don't need a reason to change your name. No, it's, no. It's, a, it's a remarkably simple process. Yeah, we see absolutely. people see people do it all the time. You know, you get yeah. married, or you go and buy a. A pen name for legal reasons, or mm. you just don't particularly like your name, or you got some bad bag- baggage with it. Oh, true. I, yeah. I, didn't, 
I honestly don't know why he changed his name and it doesn't really make any difference, does it? Because no, absolutely. It's, absolutely. Just a th- it's just a thing you use to refer to someone. Well, and... you know, people do it all the time. Celebrities. I myself oh, changed, my, changed my surname just because, you know, wanted to get away from, you know, abusive parent. Oh, indeed. Uh, the, the artist formerly known as Prince sent out blooming floppy disks and, and with, a, with a new alphanumeric character. People respected that and, yeah. and, and you yeah. know, did that. I'm pretty sure people can handle, like, oh, your name's Dave now. Absolutely. And, and Dave's very easy and very memorable. A lot of, lot of famous Daves in the world. Indeed. And you know what? It's a real shame that for so many people in this day and age, switching to a different name for somebody is such a difficult palaver. It really shouldn't be. You just call them a different thing. Well, exactly. And and to be honest, the kind of people that are bothered by a name change, you're generally, in my experience, massive assholes. You get oh, this the, you get the people that are massive hipsters like, Oh well of course I knew uh knew that uh Elton John's real name was blah. It's like, well that's not his real name. His name's Elton John. That's what he calls himself. This was perfectly perfectly happy to be referred to, just in the in the same manner that Dave is is Dave. Oh exactly and it is not pertinent to ask someone what was your name before or exactly. to suggest that their previous name is important or that you should need to know it. It's, yeah. you know, or that, you know, you might need to bring it up once to refer to someone and go, oh, you know, this person we're referring to, this is what they go by now. Once you've done it once, never needs to come up. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure that sort of, sort of thing has been going on all throughout history. Plenty of people probably changed their names as they, they, they went about their life just because... That's what they felt like, and probably exactly. a lot less red tape than there is these days. In most countries in the world, a name for all legal intents and purposes is basically just the thing that most people know you by and that people use to refer to you. You can call yourself whatever you like, you can. You don't have to do any paperwork to like change your name from a variation of it, and, you know... If people know you by that name, it's perfectly legally defensible for you to call yourself that and for that to be your legal name. Well, exactly. I, I used to know a, used to know a Jane. Everyone used to call her Janet. After after a while, she actually ended up officially changing her name to Janet, and I think that's you know that's not been a problem. If, if anything, it was just more convenient for her, and she she was very happy with that. And no one went, well, actually, your name's not that, regardless of whether or not you've got a deed poll or official documentation. You don't no, get people... people who think they're fucking hipsters because they can turn around and go, well, actually, or actually, I think you'll find their name's Jane. Well, no, it's not. It's, it's Janet. Oh, exactly. Even if paperwork is not there, if that is the thing that everyone calls them and that they are known by, then that's their name, and that's all you need to know. So, I think a general point here is, if someone changes their name, a little tiny bit of, like, the the basic bit of effort to to respect what their name is now, it's easy enough to do. Exactly. You don't need to make a big palaver about knowing what their name was before. Exactly. And... You know, you don't need to make a big deal of bringing up their old name for no reason. No, no, absolutely. Exactly. The, your, name your... changes should be a simple process, what no one makes a big deal of. Exactly. Your birth name is something that was given to you by people who didn't actually know you. It might exactly. not actually fit you when it comes time. You get a bit older, you think might might be time to change that. And indeed, there's nothing wrong with changing it again later. It's just how you like to be addressed. And I think oh, exactly. if you've got to hear it all the time, people referring to it to, to you, why not make it something that you're happy with? 
something that just feels like it fits. Doesn't exactly. even have to be anything special, just that just feels like a good name that fits, and that exactly. I'm happy when I hear that. Absolutely, I think Dave, Dave really suits Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave is a very Dave kind of person. He is the Daviest Dave that I've ever met, and I'm very happy that he is Dave. Indeed. Yeah, well, uh, she fancy another game of genital jesting? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A pro- <laughs> yeah. All right, off we go. Do you need a bra? What kind of a bra? Do you need a bra that will tell someone to remove themselves from your almond? From my almond? Yes. Off my nut bra. <laughs> <sighs> Jacob Marion wants to know, do you need a bra that will suspend you in the air from ten different sturdy anchoring points? I really do. Hang ten bra. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jacob, for being the first person to send us their own bra joke. Thank you. It made me very happy that people are making up their own bra jokes. We got an email. I'll need to find who it was from, but we got an email from someone who was like, me and my friends have started doing the bra jokes. I was like, oh... This makes me very happy. It, it was a good afternoon. You and I came up with that game on the on a walk around the park. Yeah, it, we, we were just going for a long walk and that was how we kept ourselves amused. Uh, do, do, you, do you want to know if I need a bra again? Do you, do you need a bra? Uh, what, what kind of bra? Do you need a bra that will criticise your choice of a sand tree? Yes. Your basic bra. Ah. For anyone who doesn't know, Sandshrew is a basic Pokemon in the Pokemon trading card game that we talked about earlier. We were playing the Pokemon trading card game when I came up with that Indeed. Tee hee hee hee. Do you need a bra that will help a dyslexic person find their way to a drinking establishment? I do. That way, bra. That way, bra. That way, bra. Do you need a bra that will arrange your change jar by value? Yes. Sweet bra. <laughs> Do you need a bra that will tell you when you've been on the, the theme park ride too many times and you need to leave? Yes. Get off it, bra. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a bra that will tell you if you should do something or not? Right. Don't do nothing, bra. <laughs> do you need a bra that will help you locate that clock that you've been trying to find? Definitely. Time's up, bra. <laughs> Do you need a bra that will tell you what time to start the forest fire? Okay. 420 blaze it bra. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, is that a good place for us to wrap up this week? I think so. Uh thank you very much for listening to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. We'll have another episode for you again next week. Jane, where can people find you on the internet? I can be found on stonemonkeyradio.blog and uh, Twitter as at ManiacJaniac, on YouTube as ManiacJaniac. Hurrah! Where are you? Uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz, places that have usernames, Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube, where I upload the video of this show every week. You can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at Uh This week I wrote a bunch of articles that were all about maths and video games and statistics uh you can also find me on dice funk a dungeons and dragons podcast where uh, i'm on seasons three and four season four is a series of very cool heists where i am playing a Yu-Gi-Oh wizard with my friends the mysterious robot the rapping dj cat that does drugs and Hmm. the um the nautical themed wrestler 
that all go on heists together. Sail on! Sail on, indeed. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can find me on various things. Thank you for listening to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, and until next time, be a stranger. Let's see if I can hear you by pumping you up a bit in my ears. Pump up the Jane, pump it up while the Jane is pumping. Okay, the that 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 should Jane work. I've I turned you up a bit in my ears. Get get the Jane just a little on the dance floor. I want to finger Jane, get moody on the floor. <laughs> finger Jane, finger should Jane. We... I want. <laughs> Should we try and do the thing? <laughs> I guess so. I was just enjoying that song. Anyway, well. <laughs>